Hey friends, you are listening to another episode of the Momentum Focus Podcast. This podcast was designed um, and set aside as a space to help others find their voice, uh, to welcome many people to the microphone, uh, to just share their wisdom and what God has downloaded into their own hearts um, concerning the different topics that we cover. Every single episode has been sifted through the hand of God before we pressed publish. It is always our prayer um, that every single episode you hear, whether an interview or a moment of mindfulness, our prayer is that it helps you to adjust your focus. Enjoy the next episode. Hey friends, so we're back for another episode of the Momentum Focus podcast, and this is one of your co-hosts, Amia Freeman. Um, as with every episode, I promise that the, the only thing that will ever be published and recorded in this space is whatever God has given full permission to. Um, and so here we are back again with another episode. We are still in the truth of what it looks like to have strength and courage um, and what that looks like specifically for you in this season that you're in, <clears throat> knowing and trusting that God meets us exactly where we are and gives us what we need in order for us not to just survive. Like God is in the business of us thriving. He is not in the business of us barely making it. It might look dark. It might feel mundane. It might feel like we're circling the same mountain, but trust me, even when we can't see his hand or what he's doing, he's doing something. So whatever season you're in, whether you feel like you're walking through a valley or you feel like you're climbing and getting closer to the top and you can feel the altitude change, God is in it with you. We are in it with you. And it is our goal to see to it that every conversation we have helps you to adjust your focus wherever you are. So today, I get the honor of sharing this microphone with someone that I have gotten to honor from a distance. I love social media because I get to meet people that I've never met. And regardless of what people him and haw and gnarl at, <laughs> it can be a great space that has cultivated connections and friendships and kindred spirits um, like Rachel. Y'all, I remember when she officially gave us a name and said, I have a name for this thing. I have a name. I know what I'm calling it now. And being a word nerd, I was like, oh, she's about to come out with like some Shakespearean message. Um, <laughs> and, and the name that she was coming up with was this space that she had invited us into to share our words, which was humbling as a writer to give other people your own space to share their words. It says, I am confident in the words that God gave me. I don't need to be concerned that their words will take my words or take the place of my words. Um, so I'm gonna let her share the story of all of that. Um, but y'all, would you do me a favor and welcome? I'm saying welcome as if we were in front of a live audience and we were at like a poetry <laughs> slam and everybody starts snapping their yes, fingers. <laughs> I wish. That would be my dream, you know? I'm just like, come on y'all. Um, but y'all, I get to share the microphone with Rachel Kang. And 
it blesses me to, to have a fellow writer, a fellow speaker, a thought leader, although I hate using the word thought leader because we are all thought leaders, but just someone who uses her words to provoke other people's words. Um, so Rachel, could you just introduce yourself officially, tell the people what you do, tell them what you love. Wow. Well, I just have to thank you, first of all, for having me um, as your honored guest. I'm so excited to share conversation with you. And um, yeah, and just I think this is our first, really our first conversation that we're going to share together. So I'm excited for that. And gosh, I mean, you've already said so much that I want to respond to. But first, I'll introduce myself. I like to say that I am a writer of poems, prose, and other pieces. Um, that phrase kind of came um, because I had such a hard time categorizing myself. There are so many different things that I write, um, different mediums, just as a lot of us, you know, some, some of us write articles and poems and songs and, you know, we're all over the map. And so as a writer, I kind of found myself in that position. And I remember when I was coming up with a new bio and thought, okay, well, I write poems and I write prose. And there's lots of other little pieces that I write too. I write articles and I write songs and, um, and I write content sometimes for people. And so I, uh, I'm really finding that I'm growing into that phrase um, because I do believe in diversity of, of giftings and passions and mediums. Um, I, as you said, am the creator of Indelible Ink Writers, which is a community for diverse creatives, as I was just explaining, people who love to journal or people who love to write on Instagram, as we all do, people who write poems. Um, and, you know, sometimes we we even consider ourselves closet poets because you know there are so many people out there that actually write poems, but they they are afraid to claim that that name poet, and so they're you know we've given them this name closet poets because they hide away and sneak writing poems. Um, but uh, yeah, this was about three years ago um, to the month actually, where I you know I stepped out and I created this community and um, really what that all stemmed was from was I, um, I studied writing in college and I remember when I chose to study writing, it really was just, um, it wasn't something that I thought I would do. It was always something that I loved, something that was a part of me. Um, since a little, I was a little girl, I was writing poems and songs and journal entries, like I said, but I never thought that I would make a pursuit out of it, you know, a career pursuit at that. And so, um, here I am a couple years outside of graduate, graduating college with my degree in creative writing. And to make a long story short, it's like this light bulb just clicked in my head where I took this thing that for so many years was a therapy for myself. And I thought, oh my goodness, instead of hoarding this experience to myself, I could use it as an invitation. I could use it 
to gather other people that are possibly out there like me that are doing the same thing, using writing for the sake of expression or creative release, um, you know, to explore their world as a means of faith. And so that's kind of how Indelible Ink Writers came to be. And it is slowly growing um, and gaining momentum. Uh, and I would say that it's a small community where about there's about 400 people in our group on Facebook and then we've got, you know, a good following on Instagram. But in terms of, I, I guess I don't really measure so much the numbers and the size. I measure um, the stories really that come through emails or, you know, direct messages where people are pouring out their hearts and saying how their confidence has grown um, being surrounded in a community of other creatives that are just encouraging and spurring them on. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot that I could say about that. Um, but that's, that's a little bit of who I am and, and what I'm really focused on doing at the moment. So yeah, I, I love that. I wrote down as you were talking, <clears throat> an invitation to write um, for an expression of, and I put dot, 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 and then you kept talking and then you said of faith. Um, one of the things that I, we, myself and my co-host Raina, which Raina is who introduced me to you. So shout out yes. to Raina. Yes, that. yes. <laughs> um, she is such a connection point for so many people. She really is. She is a genuine connector. And she, she, like, she kept saying, we got to get her we got to get her on the podcast. We got to get her on the podcast. So when you responded initially to the email um, and you were in the process of switching over email accounts, I was like, I'm never going to get her on this on this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, just, I'm grateful that you said yes to it. Oh, um, yeah. Hands down. I mean, specifically because of that statement of this invitation to expression, because that's mm -hmm. what this podcast um, I slowly came to learn that's why God said to start this was to give people the space to express what they were feeling, what the thoughts mm. that were stirring in their hearts. For some people, it's expressed in the written form. Others, it's, it's expressed audibly. Mm -hmm. um, and it, even though jokingly, I said, we started with, it felt like an open mic night. That was one of the things that God spoke <laughs> to Raina about what momentum focus is that we mm -hmm. are an open mic night yeah in whatever that. space whether it's the podcast instagram if we host a workshop it is an open mic night and we're just the mc and we invite to the stage whoever the guest speaker is or presenter or, or what have you yeah. um and i love to hear that you although you studied writing as um that you have a degree in writing, that it's wholeheartedly a passion that keeps you going. I think because oftentimes we we go after the degree or the certifications and it's not passion focused or it's mm -hmm. not directly connected to our passion. And then there are some of us that have the degree and we're like, I have it, but I don't really know how I'm gonna use it. Mm -hmm. But I, I really feel like this conversation is going to start speaking to the people that have tucked their passion away 
yeah. in whatever form of communication that is. They've tucked the mm-hmm. passion away. They've tucked their words behind them, whatever form of expression that looks like. Um, and I feel like God is bringing us all to a season to really use our voices and talk about what lights us up, what brings our soul alive, what, like you said, you don't measure the size of the groups, but the stories and the growth in the process of the writing process. Um, So I'm going to ask you in full transparency, like we started, I said, I don't have a set number of questions. As you talk, um, things are coming to mind. So I've been writing some things down feverishly. Yes, go for Um, it. The closet poets. Let's talk about that person, the person that they, they know deep down inside that there's, I think the word writer scares people. Mm -hmm. Um, even as you introduced yourself you're like so I'm a writer that's what they tell me (laughs) right (laughs) um and and I think when we think poet we either think Shakespeare or Maya Angelou or you know these words that seem to like seamlessly without effort flow out of a person yeah Um, but lately I've been stumbling across poets that they are just like thoughts on paper that are like wow and that's a lot of times I'll read things that you've posted that are thoughts that were swirling in my heart that um I don't know if you've ever seen the movie A Beautiful Mind where his letters are floating around yes I just yeah that's what I just watched it recently words just float and I'm like I don't really know what order they're supposed to go in but they're floating and I yeah. oftentimes I'll read something that you wrote and it feels like all my words were floating and you just dropped them Aww. in the next stanza. And I'm like, that, that's what's been floating my mind for the last three months. So yeah. let's talk to the closet poet, writer, dreamer, visionary. Um, how would you help them get their thoughts on paper? Because I love like when you post the writing prompts that are like, oh, I need 20 days to just write to that prompt. Like, how do you pull that out of someone that knows I got a message? I just don't know how to structure it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, gosh, your your question and your observations are so rich. And um, it takes me back to when I first started Indelible Ink Writers, which actually was under a different name at that time. It was Ink and Parchment. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever I would post in our group, I would, I would um, address everyone as writers. So I would say, hey, writers, how are you doing today, writers? And there was one particular post. I don't remember what it was or what, it, what, it, what I said, but there were a few people that were kind of having this ongoing conversation on, um, you know, they were in the group, but they didn't actually consider themselves as writers. And so I being, uh, you know, wanting to be this authentic encourager was like, sure, you're a writer, you're in this group, you're writing words. And, um, you know, after a while of back and forth with comments and emails with some people and after some time and thinking and even like reading and kind of just growing and you know um, I guess you would say evolving in my own beliefs and thought practices um, 
I have come to side with those that do say, I don't consider myself a writer, but I'm here writing or, but I'm showing up and I'm answering this prompt or I'm, you know, choosing to write on my Instagram. I don't consider myself a writer, but here I am writing. And honestly, I applaud that. I accept that. I advocate that. I believe in that. Um, I love what you said about, you said something earlier about being a, a, a thought. What did you say? A thought, a thought, thought leader, a thought leader. And I think that if we just pulled away from the layers of speaker and writer and author and poet and artist and songwriter that underneath those layers we would find I don't want to say labels but we would find these elements or characteristics of thinkers person who feels empathizer human being woman mother and so it's not so much the, the act of writing that I really want people to focus on. It's the experiences of their life, of their stories. Um, yeah, and so for those closet poets, I used to be one. Um, I would write poems and this was at a time when I was a young girl and I didn't consider myself a poet, but I heard words in my head and they accompanied feelings and so, the natural thing for me was to pick up a pen and to just simply get it out, you know? And so I, I really love that idea of encouraging people to just get out their experiences and their stories and allowing it to sound and look and be however it comes. Um, we have a tendency to, to compare, just like you said, we, we think of Shakespeare, you know? Um, or Mary Oliver, who's yeah. one of my favorites these days, you know, um, shout out today's Earth Day, and she writes a lot about Earth and nature, so go read some Mary Oliver poems, um, but, you know, we have this idea in our head of what a poem should be, and of course, there are some um, pre-established constructions of poetry, but really, just, I mean, you can write anything and it can come out with sound and, and sense. And that can be a poem, you know? I mean, there's so much more that I could say to speak into that, but I do know there are some closet poets out there that, and they struggle with comparison. Um, they fear being inauthentic, doing it wrong, um, being too much, being not enough, being uneducated, um, and so for those people, I say, you know, shed those, those labels of writer and poet and author and speaker, and podcaster and all this performance-based, you know, stuff mm -hmm. and connect with who you are and, and, and really at your core, what you do, mother, human, person, thinker, neighbor, you know? Yeah, I love that. I mean, even just you speak so poetically, it just, <laughs> and that, I mean, and again, I think that my hesitation of 
using a phrase like thought leaders because oftentimes terms like that get tossed around as buzzwords or like the label of the century of like all of a sudden everybody's Instagram profile description is thought leader. Mm. And I, and part of that is, is that our true identity identifier or is that what we want the world to perceive us and, and call us and, um, position us. Yeah. You know, like these, these underlying desires of, man, I really hope somebody hears me and they say that I lead thoughts or, you know what I mean? Which is true to what you just said about why we hesitate calling ourselves writers or poets or authors, because we're waiting for the permission of the position by someone else's, you know, recognition of it, as opposed to us knowing deep down inside, this is who I am. I remember years right. ago when I first got into fitness, someone someone sent me a, a shirt to wear for one of my classes. It was just, it was a gift. And the shirt simply said, I am an athlete. And someone not being an athlete, I was like, am I even allowed to wear this, you know? Mm. And her words to me were, the way you move, you move with this like certainty that this is my thing. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I pour my heart, my soul, my passion. I know which muscles I'm using. I know where to exert my energy. I know where to pull back. I know what's expected of me to do the work. Mm-hmm. And she said, that's exactly how an athlete moves. And mm-hmm. so just as you're talking about just this, put your experience on paper, or just put the emotion and your experience, put words to it, and it doesn't have to follow someone else's rhythm. Right, right. Like I think of the scripture where Jesus says, like, are you tired and burned out on religion? Mm-hmm. Come away with me and I'll show you the unforced rhythms of grace. Yeah. And that yeah. the the flow or the fluidity of my personal experience, however it's articulated. Yeah it's an unforced rhythm of grace yeah. that no one else can tell that story. Like Maya Angelou is my absolute favorite poet since before it became a bandwagon. <laughs> I'm like, no, I was the original <laughs> fan. Right? Um, I was here first. <laughs> yeah, I was here first. I saw her books first. Um, but just where she said, like, there's a, there's a, a and I'm paraphrasing her quote, but there's a yeah. pain and agony of the untold story. Absolutely, yeah someone carries and that's where the way you speak to being a writer no one else can tell it that way the way you put your experience on paper it might speak to what my story is that I couldn't articulate but without a doubt I I can tell you when I read your writing it sparks something in me that makes me want to keep talking yeah yeah no, and I think, you know, oftentimes, I mean, I, listen, I am the biggest fan of writing. Like, I, I am so passionate about it. And, um, and I, and I say that in the sense that I'm passionate about the craft of it and the construction of it and this, the study of it and the pursuit of it. I, I really am. But I mean, I also love to tear it down to its absolute basics. And what is writing? but a tool. It's a tool. It's something that we do. We, a pen is a tool. 
a pencil is a tool, a phone is a tool and we use that tool to do something. It's like when you cook a meal, like we wouldn't all necessarily walk around calling ourselves chefs, but we all cook, right? It's a tool for us to do something that we need to do honestly to survive, <laughs> to get by, to be fed, right? And so I, I really, it's, it's a cultural thing. It's a mind, it's a mindset that just needs to be shifted. That writing is a tool that is welcome to be used by anyone, um, mm. you know, and, and really to speak into, um, you know, you, you are saying what so many people have said about my writing before is in essence that it's relatable, right? That there's, that when I write, that they are like, oh, you're saying exactly how I felt, but I couldn't put it into words. Like you nailed it, you, you said it, right? And I, I will tell you this, <laughs> that I, I honestly think that is because I tell stories. I do not, I, I can't give you a percentage, but I will say most, if not all of my writing is story-based. It is not do this, do that, we should, we shouldn't, try this, try that. Um, I always lead with story. I always lead with, with people, with, with experience. And that is something that we all will always relate to. You know, that's why people leave movie theaters crying um, or, you know, go on Amazon and leave reviews about their favorite books. It's, it's story that gets people. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, um, even just in what you were just speaking about, um, I love it. You said it's, it's a tool for survival. And when we first started, you said, you know, you started the writing community as a space for um, writing, a, almost writing as therapy. Um, mm -hmm. how would you, well, let me rephrase that. Cause you said you often start with story and not as a should and would and try this, <laughs> um, speak to writing as therapy in the space of finding our own personal strength and our own personal courage, because the thing, especially in this current season that we're in, whatever season each individual is in collectively and globally, we're in a season, right? Yeah. That, that is a shared experience. Yeah. However, in that we each have our individual experience that is pulling, it's pulling us to explore and find our own strength and our own courage, which Absolutely. then touches other people to find out how can we support each other within the strength and courage. Um, but someone recently, and I'm, this is probably like three questions in one, <laughs> recently said to me, um, she said to me, I want to help you be stronger. What do you need? And I didn't know how to answer her. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know maybe I don't need your help. And she was like, that's not the answer. <laughs> and I think that if we don't know where we're strong or where we're not, and if we don't know where we're courageous or where we need courage, we don't know how to tell, we don't know how to tell that story. For you know? sure. 
Um, so speak to that, even just in the spirit of writing as therapy or just wherever God wants you to speak to. For that. sure. No, I mean, I, I think you nailed it with this, the example that you just gave of, of this person asking you, you know, uh, I'm forgetting the question now, but she asked you a question, you know, what do you need to be stronger? Where, where do you need to be strong? And so before you said that, I was already thinking, well, it's, it starts with a question. I mean, and, and if you go and you see what I do in our community of indelible ink writers, it's, it's always a prompt. And, and what is the prompt? It's always a question, you know, and back to my days in college, when I, I had a small group in, in college, um, I went to a small private Christian college, Nyack College, just outside New York City. And um, I started a small group there. And uh, I, I had wanted to do a worship small group because I sing as well. And, uh, and that didn't go through, that didn't work out. And so, no, I'm sorry, I wanted to be a worship leader. I'm sorry, and that didn't work out. And so I said, well, what's the next best thing? Um, oh, I'll have a worship small group. I'll do a worship small group and it will be even better than chapel since they didn't want me as a worship leader. I'll just have a small group that's better than chapel, right? Well, that didn't work out. <laughs> and so I kept kind of scrapping for ideas. And finally, um, this is inspired by my one of my brothers who is actually brain damaged. He loves children's books. He carries them around everywhere he goes. And so I started this small group in college called The Playpen where I would read a children's book once a week. And then we would go into a time of journaling. And that time of journaling was always initiated with one simple question one simple question one thing that you would pull out of the book that people could also tie to their lives and kind of you know explore that topic so if it was say I read green eggs and ham we all know that story right Sam I am Sam I am the guy doesn't want to try the food well I would ask at the end of reading the book what is one thing you are afraid of trying just one simple question and wouldn't you believe it the people in that group who don't even consider themselves writing, pouring out their hearts. And why? Because everybody wants to know themselves and they want to be known by other people. Um, and they want to be known by God. Everyone was there really searching for something, wanting to strengthen that connection with God, you know? And so in terms of courage and strength, um, I think it takes courage to ask questions, to ask, to ask ourselves questions and to allow other people to ask, our, ask us questions and to explore um, what those possible answers are. I think oftentimes we're afraid of questions and we're afraid to wonder. Um, I think we're afraid of curiosity. We're afraid of tension. We're afraid of either not knowing what's right or not knowing how to be right, or we're afraid of holding two things at the same time, joy and grief, um, passion and you know uh, discontent. Um, even with everything that's going on recently, there's a lot of people that are, you know, with the George Floyd trial and now this, we have another death on, on our news, like, people are, are juggling this tension of holding celebration, but grief 
and exhaustion, but hope. And so when you begin to prod and ask those questions, it's, it's, it's scary to actually confess and say, this is what's inside of me. Um, you know, but it takes courage, I think, to ask those questions or to, to be asked them and then strength to answer them, you know? And so, yeah, in terms of those, those two words and topics and what it takes to, to write, um, you know, again, back to that idea of writing being a tool to do just that, to explore those questions and answers. Yeah. Man, this is like five episodes in one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Man, I'm like, I mean, you know, it's a good conversation where you're like, oh, we should go there. And you're like, we don't have time. Um, (laughs) Because I really do, like, I would, man, I just want to camp on what you just talked about of just that, the tension of carrying these things, um, both subconsciously and knowingly yeah yeah for sure of of carrying them almost like the scales of justice yes yes and just and I keep seeing this image pop up and it and I'm sure that God wants to do something with it but it's that bronze statue and she's blindfolded and she's holding the scales mm-hmm mm-hmm but she's holding the scales in one hand and she's got something else in the other hand. I can't remember what's in their other hand, but she's blindfolded and it's, it's blind justice, which seems like an oxymoron. Yeah. But it is the gospel. Yeah. It is the line in the sand. It's a, it's a wild space that every single human, because even as you were talking about just we can get past the titles if we get back to humanity. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the root of finding strength and courage is drop the drop, drop the label of strength and courage. Yeah. We have these perceived understandings based on our stories and experience of what we mm-hmm. think strength is supposed to be, what we think courage looks like. And I love, I love starting with questions and people dodge my questions because they're like she's coming back with another one (laughs) I think that's the investigative journalist in me of like and then oh yeah oh (laughs) yeah yeah for sure like there's so much more to your story what are you not telling yes right (laughs) um but I just I love the idea like the child in me came alive when you said the playpen yeah of just pulling out oh man now I'm like I'm getting ready to borrow this and just (laughs) run with it because it like I am a shell Silverstein where the sidewalk ends I love it I love it I have that book in my house right now I know exactly I I have a copy of that I have um the second book that came out right that came out after that one and I won't let anybody touch it and I'm like, if you touch it, I will break your fingers because yes. <laughs> these are, these are poems that I grew up with that I can remember just like smelling the pages. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so that's a weird, like, I don't even know what you call that characteristic that like, as you were talking, I could smell the pages. Nostalgia. Yeah. Like I could yeah. smell the ink on the page turning. Mm-hmm of those childhood stories of like 
I remember someone said to me because they know that that's how I like light up when I talk about like childhood stories and I had a mm -hmm. childhood. So the fact that my mom kept stories, a part of our life speaks to writing as therapy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but someone said to me, you need to watch the movie, Peter Pan or not Peter Pan, um, Christopher Robin. Yes, and that was good. Yes. Yes. That childhood wonder. And oh. yeah. Cause you said that, like you said, it starts with a question. It takes courage to ask and to wonder and to be curious. Yeah. And I honestly believe that's why we won't ask or answer questions is because there's a child in us who is desperate to be read to. Mm -hmm. That if you, cause you think about children the children have this like godlike creative ability that you say, and then what? <laughs> and they're like, oh, I have options. You know what I mean? And it just comes out, yeah. right? Um, and I think I shared this once on another episode, but I, my nephew was like this wildly creative, inquisitive child that had this imagination that was like Willy Wonka. And I would love to sit with him and talk to him because he would say, and then what? And then what is you going to do? <laughs> right? yeah. we, would, we would just keep making up the stories. And I remember when his brother was born, we would sit, I would sit with him and his brother and I would just, I would read stories to them. And my sister's 10 years older than me. So like her babies were like my babies when I was in college mm -hmm. and I'd sit with them and just watch their eyes light up of the retelling of the story. And I share that because I genuinely think inside each one of us, there's this little kid that's waiting to be retold the story and then asked, what do you think? Yeah. You know, what, yeah. what about this story is your story? And yeah. I say I'm totally gonna borrow this because now, <laughs> now I'm like in my mind playing through all the books that are on my shelf that I could pull from. Oh, um, the questions are the questions are boundless. They're they're um, endless, you know. And and honestly, it, as we talk about questions, it it makes me think about God in the garden, you know, with yeah. Adam and Eve, and He asks them where they are, and you know, imagine this all-knowing, all-powerful God asking his creation, the only two people on earth, <laughs> where are you? Mm. You know, and, and we, I don't know. I mean, I just, there were only two people to be located at that time. He knew where they were. It was a question to explore, you know, a question for them to be found, you know, to be known to confess, you know, um, mm. and that is what we all always need, you know, is to be known and to be found and to confess. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, this is a to be continued conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, just that statement to be known, to be found. It just, I remember years ago, we were going to design a t-shirt that simply said lost and found. And mm. 
I was going to design it to look like if you were at an amusement park and they have that area where if the kid gets lost from their parents, this oh my gosh, <laughs> it was going to look like that, like a neon lost and found sign. Yeah. Um, but in all sincerity, like we're running out of time on this episode. And so as we, as we wrap up, um, I just wanted to, I wanted to allow you to um, invite people to find you in the spaces where you serve this, where you offer the invitation for them to be known and to be found. Um, what would you offer the person that says, nobody knows me, nobody's looking for me, nobody's asking, where are you? Um, in the spirit of writing and, and putting that on paper, what would you offer someone? Um, well, I would first offer them the, the fact that that is probably the question that I live with every day. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm an Enneagram four. And so for those that are into the Enneagram, we all know that the four is just living life wanting to be known. And so, number one, I give you um, solidarity in knowing that that is my life. That is my life struggle, I will even say, um, is asking that question every day. Um, and then I will say this, that it is enough for you to ask that question for yourself, to be found and to be known for you to want to know who you are. Um, and then it is also enough for that quest to take place just between you and God. Um, I think things get really muddled when we attempt to put other people in that equation before even ourselves and even our creator. Um, and so, you know, I know I will say this, when I started out writing poetry and journal entries, it wasn't dear God. <laughs> it was, what is this inside of me and who am I because of it? Mm. You know, and so I think I was seeking to know me and through that, through God's grace, I also found him mm. or he found me or whichever one came first. I don't even know. I just know that I'm his <laughs> and, um, you know, and so I, I just, I want to speak to uh, that fellowship um, because it can be a lonely place. And so often we try to fill it first with, with other people and wanting to be known by others. Um, it's, it's okay. And it's good enough to be known by, by yourself and by God. Yeah. And there's episode number six. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just, oh, man, I could sit and talk to you for hours because <laughs> it's so rich that, again, back to the whole thought leader thing that just yeah. your, your words stir up my words, which is such a, it is true solidarity and kindredness to yeah. just fan each other's flames right like yeah your your words really do make me want to go okay I know there's a fire in me I need to be pulling that thing up yeah oh man <laughs> uh, 
Okay, y'all. If I had well, if I had a hundred hours in an hour, it'd be fantastic, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, y'all, here's the deal. Um, in the show notes, you are going to find all the links and all the places to find Rachel. Um, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook, um, or to to sign up for her um, newsletter. And I am going to encourage you to go grab a journal and a pen and whatever this episode has stirred up in your soul to just pour it out on paper. It doesn't have to have an order or a structure or any kind of um, measure or weight of value in terms of how you list it. In fact, don't make a list because if we make a list, we start prioritizing the list. Just put it on paper, whether it's- Yeah, and I'll even- Yeah, go ahead. I'll even even sneak in here and give one of my favorite- prompt questions that I love to ask I think that'd be so good just um a simple one what color do you most feel like in this season and why that's it just answer the question what color do you most feel like in this season and why you speak my language I love (laughs) love you I love you I love you I love you oh my gosh I think we were separated at birth yes <laughs> yes well um I have some questions for you off off recording but that's for another conversation so y'all as we wrap this up as um with every question we ask at the end of the episode is um how has this helped you to adjust your focus and that is a question that you get to answer yourself but if you want to reach out to us and let us know, find us on Instagram or Facebook, or even leave a review to let us know how this helped you. Um, But until we all get to meet again um, and connect, I really do pray that this has helped you um, think about what you're thinking about, um, see what God has to say about all those words floating around in your beautiful brain. And um, we will catch y'all on the next episode. So until then, y'all be blessed. Take care.